capturing images of people across China, exploring its ever-changing lifestyles, and feeling the heartbeat of its villages, towns, and cities. This is selfie. This is selfie, giving you real-life stories in China. China, China, China. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Selfie. I'm your host, Tony Reed. Tea or coffee? Which do you prefer? Here in a traditionally tea-drinking country, a growing number of people are pouring coffee into their cups. The rather exotic and middle-class beverage has witnessed double-digit growth in demand over recent years, along China's opening up to the outside world and improvement in people's living standards. In some big cities, going out to drink coffee has become a daily routine and lifestyle for mostly young people. To capitalize the expanding market. Both foreign and domestic coffee brands are scrambling to open one coffee house after another. An expansion plan of one foreign coffee giant will see almost two coffee houses open in China every day within the next three years. But all of this development was unimaginable some four decades ago, when poverty and a rejection of a seemingly Western lifestyle allowed no place for the beverage in ordinary Chinese daily life. So, how did Chinese people develop a taste for coffee? And what's the Chinese coffee market like? Let's follow Yang Yong to take a closer look. Li Peng, a resident in West Beijing, is a coffee lover and frequently goes to cafes. It's been over a decade since I first drank coffee. I love the atmosphere of a cafeteria. Having a cup of coffee has become one of my habits. I'm very familiar with the various coffee houses near my home. I know exactly where they are, what the tastes of their coffees are, and their different atmospheres. The 33-year-old says he drinks two to three cups of coffee every day. Hailing from a small town in eastern China, Li only began his affection for the hot beverage when he studied at a medical college in Shanghai. I remember we had loads of exams in the fourth or fifth year at college. Many of my classmates drank Nestle instant coffee to give themselves a boost. They recommended me to drink it too, so I tried it, and I didn't think the taste of coffee was as good as they said. But it did have a refreshing effect. So my classmates and I drank instant coffee every day during those days in order to stay up late at night to prepare for the exams. Beginning with the instant coffee, the then college student gradually picked up a new habit. Now he only drinks fresh ground coffee and has his own coffee machine at home. Li Peng's romance with coffee is part of China's growing consumption of the beverage, especially among young people. Figures from the International Coffee Organization show that coffee consumption in China has grown at an average annual rate of 16% in the last decade. That's far outpacing the global average of 2%. Residents of the world's second-largest economy currently consumed about 220,000 tons of coffee beans in 2018, according to the London-based organization. Though still small in size, this fast-growing market has enticed foreign and domestic coffee investors to compete for a bigger share of it. 
since opening its first outlet on the Chinese mainland in 1999. U.S. coffee chain Starbucks has been rapidly expanding their footprint. The company tripled its store count in China to 3,300 within five years, up to 2018. Currently, more than 4,000 Starbucks coffee shops are serving Chinese consumers in 160 cities across the country, according to the Seattle-based company. The coffee giant said in June 2018 that it would open 600 new stores each year over five years. This means that by 2022, there will be 6,000 Starbucks stores in China. Unwilling to fall behind, Costa Coffee, another international coffee shop brand, is also planning to open hundreds more stores by 2022. That will bring its store count to about 1,300 shops across the country. Domestic brands are catching up quickly. Founded only in 2017, Larkin Coffee has opened more than 3,000 outlets within two years since its inception. Amid the investment craze, the domestic brand has been subsidizing its customers to lower the price of a cup of fresh brewed coffee, which many residents still find expensive. The startup's founder and chief executive officer Chen Zhiya says her goal is to beat Starbucks and nurture coffee culture in China. Coffee is an ordinary drink in Europe and North America, but the high price of fresh ground coffee only allows Chinese people to drink it occasionally. Besides, it's still inconvenient to buy a cup of fresh ground coffee since there are not many coffee houses selling it. The reason we put so much money into it is that we want to let customers personally experience our services, so as to cultivate their shopping habits and change their perception of coffee. The cafeteria market in China is dominated by Starbucks, Costa, and other foreign brands. In a grand move, their domestic challenger Luckin plans to open 10,000 outlets, beating Starbucks, the top coffee shop brand in China, by 2021. Currently, there are 140,000 coffee houses across the country, according to the Beijing branch of the China Coffee Association. The coffee market is certainly hot and growing, but decades ago there was no trace of it. In the second part of our story, we'll take a look at how Chinese coffee consumption began and then grew. But first, let's take a short break. Stay tuned. ChinaPlus.cri.cn is your home for everything you want to know about China. The latest news in China and everything China-related from around the world. Everything in focus, all in one place. Bringing you vital information for your business and travel, Chinese culture, language learning, and more. ChinaPlus.cri.cn. ChinaPlus.cri.cn. Your portal into today's Middle Kingdom. You're listening to Selfie. Now, Yang Yong explains how a mass consumption of coffee emerged in modern China. Coffee, now a common beverage for many urban families, was both a luxury and a lifestyle deemed bourgeois. It was thus largely condemned in the three decades before the 1980s. It was only after China launched its policies of reform and opening up in 1978 that this bourgeois beverage began to appear in people's daily lives. 
In 1980, global food and beverage giant Nestle introduced its soluble coffee products to tea-drinking Chinese consumers who were unfamiliar with the foreign drink. In a promotional TV ad, Nestle explained in detail how to make a cup of tasty coffee with its soluble coffee powders. This ad is still fresh in the memory of Jimin, a native of Beijing, some 40 years later. The 56-year-old, himself working the tea and coffee industries, witnessed the early stages of coffee consumption in China. Ji recalls that drinking coffee was a symbol of fashion and good taste for young people in the 1980s. When I started work, it's fashionable to have two big Nestle jars on your office desk, one of coffee powder, the other coffee mate. It became such a symbol of economic well-being and fashion that you would keep the two jars once you'd finish them and use them for something else. In 1984, 21-year-old Ji graduated from college and began working for the Beijing-based state-owned China Tea Corporation. Ji says, from the late 1980s, Nestle began making efforts to grow coffee beans in China to create a stable and local supply chain for its soluble coffee products. After an initial failure, a variety of coffee trees named Cottimore took root in the soil of Pua City, Yunnan Province, in the country's southwest. Following this success, Nestle set up coffee-related projects and model farms in the province in 1988. Over the years, the total coffee planting area in the city of Pua has grown to about 50,000 hectares, comprising half of the total coffee growing area in China. Statistics released by the Pua City government show the region produced more than 70,000 tons of coffee beans in 2018, which supplies almost one third of China's coffee bean demand. At present, Nestle, Maxwell, and other industry giants are continuing to guide the local growers to produce high-quality coffee beans. While instant coffee drinking and planting gradually emerged in the 1980s, the emergence of cafeterias on Chinese mainland was much later. Ji Ming says it's thanks to a major international event that common Chinese residents began to drink fresh brewed coffee at a coffee house. 开咖啡馆实际上是九零年的这个亚运会，因为中国是。During the Beijing Asian Games in 1990, that the Chinese mainland saw its first cafeteria in about 40 years. At that time, organizers of the games discovered that foreign athletes and other foreign visitors needed to drink fresh ground coffee, but there was not a single cafe in Beijing. So five-star hotels were asked to set up temporary cafes in their lobbies. We can say the cafeteria culture on the Chinese mainland began in the five-star hotel lobby. Ji says, in the years following the Asian Games, coffee consumption, both at home and in cafes, witnessed a gradual, mild increase. 
As coffee was gradually accepted by Chinese people in the 1990s, Ji was assigned by his employer to promote tea in the United States. He worked there for years, but to no avail in the country of coffee drinkers. At the beginning of 21st century, Ji was assigned to explore the growing coffee business here in China as his employer, the China Tea Corporation, attempted to expand its reach in the beverage markets. Ji recalls that an opportunity appeared when he started working in the coffee industry. At that time, the Columbia Embassy in Beijing lobbied Chinese authorities and companies trying to market Colombia's coffee beans in China. The then Chinese Ministry of Foreign Trade and Economic Cooperation arranged for China Tea Corporation to import the product from Colombia. After nearly one year of preparatory work and negotiations, Ji says the Chinese company and a group of Colombia coffee bean producers reached a trade agreement. In October 2001, I went to Colombia as a member of a government purchase mission arranged by the then Ministry of Foreign Trade and International Cooperation. We signed a purchase contract with the Colombian Coffee Growers Federation. Though it was government arranged, that was a commercial activity by my company. Under the contract, my company agreed to import two containers of raw coffee beans, weighing 38 tons in total. Ji says the batch of coffee beans sold very well, as the flavor and taste just suited the emerging Chinese market. In addition to Colombia, Ji says his company later expanded its import of coffee beans to Brazil and other countries. Furthermore, Ji and his employer started to get involved in running cafes in 2007. Back in 2000, Starbucks opened its outlet in the Palace Museum, the former Imperial Residence, also known as the Forbidden City, at the heart of Beijing. The outlet closed its doors in July 2007 after years of controversy. Some Chinese residents have accused the American coffee shop of tarnishing an icon of traditional Chinese culture, the Forbidden City. Two months later, a new coffee shop with Chinese cultural features was opened in the same place, with wooden tables, wooden chairs, and pictures featuring Chinese culture. The Forbidden City Cafe serves not only coffee but also traditional Chinese beverage such as tea. With eight square meters and six staff members, the tiny cafe run by the China Tea Corporation is always crowded with customers cashing in from the popularity of the Forbidden City. Having been in charge of the opening and running of the cafe for years, Jimin is proud that the cafe marked a first. Zimbabwe left after, as a country, we are. After Starbucks left the Forbidden City, the China Tea Corporation, as a state-owned company, became the first of its kind to engage in the end-customer coffee market. With decades of experience in the coffee industry, Ji is now executive deputy president of the Beijing branch of the China Coffee Association. He says the Chinese coffee market has yet to be further developed and regulated amid an investment spree by startups and individual investors. For more observations and suggestions by this coffee industry insider, stay tuned for the final part of our story. But now let's take another break.
The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. You're listening to Selfie. Now, Yang Yang explains the problems and prospects of the Chinese coffee market. Amid growing coffee consumption, the concept of so-called premium coffee emerged in China in 2010. Ji Ming, executive deputy president of the Beijing branch of the China Coffee Association, explains what premium coffee actually is. Premium coffee is is saying that a certain 产地的。The concept of premium coffee has several aspects. First, the coffee beans should grow in a particular region and in a special climate. Second, they should be picked by hand. Third, coffee bean factories must select the best of those beans. As a result, we get the premium coffee beans, which have a special flavor and are of high quality. In 2018, the world produced more than 10 million tons of coffee beans, according to the International Coffee Organization. Ji says only three to five percent of them can be made into premium coffee. He notes that some coffee industry players have been passionate about promoting the high-quality but high-priced premium coffee among Chinese consumers. Alfonso Trossi, a representative for Nestle in China, believes the niche market has great potential. We believe that Beijing and Shanghai represent a huge opportunity,、uh, just in terms of households with the potential to consume premium coffee. I think we're talking about one to two million households, so that's pretty big. But Jiming warns that placing emphasis on premium coffee too early may not benefit the overall coffee industry in China. Although it has witnessed plenty of growth in recent years, the Chinese coffee market is still small compared with the well-developed markets of the United States, Europe, or Japan. Ji cites the figures from the International Coffee Organization, which shows that one person consumes an average of 250 cups of coffee each year around the world. In the United States, it's approaching 400. By comparison, each Chinese drinks only five cups a year. Taking their different population sizes into account, the Chinese coffee market is still only a fraction of the U.S. market. Moreover, more than four-fifths of the coffee consumed in China is instant coffee. Fresh ground coffee only occupies a tiny corner of the marketplace, and its consumption is concentrated in big cities like Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. In this market situation, In such market conditions, an overemphasis on premium coffee, in my opinion, is misleading. What people in the coffee industry should do is to promote this beverage among the general public. Our efforts should be focused on making coffee a common daily beverage for the Chinese, just like tea. To that end, Ji says the Beijing branch of the China Coffee Association has been conducting standard training for baristas. In the coffee industry, 
，我们从两千零九年开始就做这咖啡的。Starting from 2009, our association has been carrying out training for people working in the coffee industry. The training focuses on cultivating baristas. In our training, we help young people master coffee making skills. Based on the national professional standards for baristas, we aim to expand our training nationwide to ensure the quality of fresh brewed coffee on the market. Jay says some coffee baristas have focused too much on making arts on the surface of the coffee rather than the flavor of the product itself. In his opinion, it's the original, pure flavor of the fresh brewed coffee that will draw the consumer in for the long term. Twenty-four-year-old Ye Ludan has been making coffee as a barista for six years, working at a coffee house in West Beijing. Ye says he and his fellow baristas must undergo three months of in-work training before they can serve customers. The young man says they are working to produce good quality coffee with their skills and professional standards. A qualified coffee barista should have a good sense of coffee regarding its appearance, smell, and taste. The selection of raw coffee beans, baking, grinding, and brewing—all these processes determine the quality of the end coffee drink. Besides using our skills and experience, our baristas record data about our coffee-making process to find out the best way to make good quality coffee for our customers. To cultivate more professional baristas like Ye Ludan, the Beijing branch of the China Coffee Association launched a regular training program at a vocational school in South Beijing in September 2019. During the first one-month training course, seven people received intensive and professional training on making various standard coffee flavors. Li Xiaoyu, one of the organizers of the training course, is confident about the coffee-making skills of the trainees. These trainees, in my opinion, exceed most of the baristas working at Beijing's coffee houses in terms of their knowledge about coffee, coffee-making skills, and quality control. Forty-four-year-old Li has been working in the coffee industry since the 1990s. He now owns a small coffee bean baking factory, specializing in bringing good quality beans to individual customers. Li Xiaoyu and Jiming are friends. They often work together under the China Coffee Association to hold coffee conventions and festivals to promote coffee among common consumers. In the long run, Ji believes that coffee consumption will become popular in China. From now on, the trend is to go to the mass consumption product in China, although the price of a cup of coffee is still fairly expensive. People born in the 1980s, 1990s, and 2000s are more willing to drink coffee. Moreover, the meat-intensive dietary structure will also make more people drink coffee. So I think coffee will become a popular beverage rather than just a high-end drink. Ji adds that a further growth in China's coffee consumption will see a way of life and a particular urban culture become deep-seated as the beverage is more associated with social networking and cafes. Coffee. 
One characteristic of coffee consumption is that it's consumed in a particular setting. Going to a cafeteria is very natural for coffee drinkers. It's an accompaniment for people socializing with each other. For the frequent cafe visitor Li Peng, whenever he goes to a new place or new country, he likes to have a cup of coffee at a local coffee house. I like to sit and enjoy coffee at a cafe whenever I go to a new city or country. Sitting at a cafe can make you feel the local culture in person, while you get a taste of its coffees. I really enjoy this kind of experience. Jimin cites medical experts as saying that caffeine in coffee can make the drinkers think faster and be more quick-witted and talkative. He contends that unlike spirits which can make you drunken, coffee is an ideal drink for salons and other places where people sit, chat, and have long discussions. But is coffee really a healthy drink? Coffee lover Li Peng, who is a doctor himself, says there is no need to worry about health risks of drinking two or three cups of coffee a day. If you have good health, having fresh, round, and pure coffee will be good for you rather than bad. Coffee can help your body produce more endorphins, the chemicals which make you relaxed and full of energy. But for people suffering from diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, and older people, drinking coffee can affect their heart rate and blood pressure. In short, having a small amount of coffee every day is good for most healthy people. Sipping one last mouthful of his coffee at a cafe in Beijing, Li, originally from a small town where few people drink the beverage, hopes one day he can enjoy a cup of hot, fresh brewed coffee in his hometown and even in the countryside. With that, we conclude this edition of Selfie. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more, you can log on to our website, ChinaPlus.CRI.CN. From our producer Ian Shouqi, this is Tony Reid. Bye for now.